0: You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at thepreppypodcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson, on Instagram. hello friends welcome back to the preppy podcast today is a great episode if you love color vibrant bold fun preppy colors um then you will love this week's episode with Megan Rosenthal art I loved learning about how she um, discovered her her creativity in art and developed a business um, relatively recently too, and how it's grown so quickly. Um, she also has some exciting collabs coming up, one with a preppy athletic line. So it's a really fun episode that I hope that you all enjoy. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do? Okay, great. Um, hi, Patricia. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, my name is
1: Megan Rosenthal. I'm an abstract artist and I live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
0: Awesome. So I'm curious, um, you know, I've I've been following along with you with your art and it's so colorful and so beautiful. It's right up my alley. Um, I'm curious, were you always artistic? Like as a child, what was your childhood like or wh- what was little Megan like? Was she artistic and playing with finger paints or something completely different?
1: She was. Yeah, I know. I I grew up um, with my mom as an artist and she painted oil paintings and sold them at junior league shows. And um, she was very popular in in Raleigh when I was growing up. And so we had this amazing home studio that um, I was the last of four kids. So I had a lot of free time in this studio just creating and figuring out like which mediums I liked the most and Um, I always had the best art projects at school because of her, and um, she was really inspirational.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So it runs in the family then? It does, yes. (laughs) So um, then where and what did you end up studying when it came time for college? Was it something more creative-driven? Like, Had you um, sort of fostered your art at that point, or did you go and study something completely different?
1: Sure. um, It was creative-driven. I um, went to UNC Chapel Hill, and I majored in journalism um, with a concentration in PR. But before that, I was more um, news ed. I was interested in magazines and graphic design and layout. And um, at the last minute at Carolina, I switched to the PR con- concentration because um, Sex in the City was a really big show at the time. And I just thought Samantha had a really cool career. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I it's it's so funny that I just did it based on that, but, um, but I really enjoyed PR as well.
0: That's so funny. I think a lot of girls um, had the same thought. And I feel like <laughs> nowadays, it's like the younger girls growing up watching like Emily in Paris, they're like, oh, I want to be in PR, like social media yes. and marketing yes. because of that. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And um,
1: I took studio art classes there. Um, I finished most of my credits by senior year. And Um, I focus mainly on drawing and painting. And um, it was, you know, my choice of medium was charcoal, which is kind of funny, because um, I was drawing very lifelike um, drawings in charcoal. And now I work in brightly colored abstract, (laughs) you know, so it's like the opposite of what I was doing in college.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious that you definitely did like, you know, completely different now than what, what I think of you as today.
1: <laughs> yes, me
0: too. Um, well, so I love a fellow PR girl, obviously. So I'm curious then, like once you graduated, you you studied PR, what mm-hmm. did you end up doing with your degree? Like what was your first sure. career?
1: Yeah, so I didn't get a, G- a job in PR right after college. Um, and in order to not live at my parents' house, um, they lived in Raleigh, um, I took a job, um, in sales at a very cool local email marketing software startup. And just so I could like fund my own apartment. Um, and it was basically I got schooled pretty quickly in digital marketing and I was, um, I had to cold call other, you know, businesses and marketing managers and other businesses to sell them this email marketing software. And, um, and it just sort of introduced me to the world of um, marketing, you know, and I never really worked in, market, in the marketing side of PR before, but um, I actually went on to work in PR for a hospital and then I managed their website and social media until I became a stay-at-home mom.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, I think definitely with that first job, it sounds like you learned a lot of great skills. I can't imagine my first job being cold calling people (laughs) and asking them to to spend their money on something. Oh my gosh. It
1: was terrifying, honestly. Um, It was a very coming of age. This is how to be an employee. This is how to, you know, and I was on commission. You know, it's like if I didn't sell, I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was like, you know, hit the ground running. Um, and it really it I think it like molded me as like a self starter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For sure. It. And that helps in my own business today.
0: Yeah. Like so what were some of, you know, the skills then from this job in in marketing and sales, mm-hmm. and then um, PR, and it sounds like a little bit of the website too. Right. When you're working with the hospital, yeah. so what are those skills then that you learned um, during those jobs that kind of help you today? Or looking back, yeah. you're like, oh wow, like that definitely formed who I am today.
1: Well, um, selling, selling a product, selling myself. You know, I I am I am my brand. So you know, it's it's putting myself out there. Um, making sure, you know, the, the photos that I take are as close to professional as I can make them, Um, basically forming my brand and selling it. And also analyzing marketing analytics, you know, digging deep into my insights and Instagram and, you know, seeing what works, what do people like, you know, what, what, Grabs people's attention when they're just like doom scrolling on Instagram.
0: <laughs> doom scrolling, I love yeah. <laughs> it. Um, no, your your art definitely pops up and um, you know makes people stop in their tracks and add some brightness to their day. Uh, and I think you know the skill about selling yourself is really invaluable. I think one of the things I hear a lot from entrepreneurs is that's their hardest part is selling themselves. They're like, oh, like you know, I'm happy telling my friends about your business or my other friend's business, but I can't sell myself. Like it's so hard for me uh, to talk about myself and my own business. So I think that's a skill a lot of people struggle with. And the fact that, right. you know, you got that training like that on the ground training definitely helps.
1: It was invaluable. You know, I feel, I feel like sometimes emailing my um, the CEO of that startup that I worked for and just being like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> Thank you for all the skills that you provided me early on in my professional, you know, working years. So.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Okay. So you worked in marketing and sales, then some PR and dabbled in a little bit of web stuff. Um, and then you became a stay at home mom, correct? I did.
1: Yes. Yeah. My, when my son was born in 2013, I um, just, you know, I went all in, in the world of being a stay at home mom and, you know, um, the world of playdates and, you know, (laughs) stroller workout groups and things like that. So um, that became my life for eight years.
0: Okay. And then during this time then, is that when um, you started to dabble back into art or how did that Mm -hmm. come about?
1: Yeah. So um, parenting in the pandemic uh, was very stressful for me as it was for all their parents and all other people out there. Um, And so I felt like I needed to kind of, you know, have something for myself, and mm-hmm. we had just moved to Chapel Hill in um, in July 2020 from Raleigh, and um, I had bigger walls, taller ceilings, and you know, we had some projects that we wanted to do that um, you know didn't that were going to come before buying original art. So I ordered some art supplies off of Amazon. I got some canvases and I painted some paintings for my walls. And, um, it was, it was sort of a, an aha moment. Like, you know, it's like, I, I could probably fund some home projects, you know, just by like selling these to my friends or not like for a very low price. So it, you yeah. know, I didn't really think about selling them to people beyond people I knew, you know, at that point in time, but it was, it was a really fun, like pet project at the time.
0: So was these first pieces, were they colorful like what I see on your website and Instagram today? Or I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, you started out um, with art in college and it was more black and white and gray. So how did you kind of find your new style and and dabble in that and develop it then?
1: Right. Um, So I was on Instagram and, you know, being during the pandemic, I think everybody was on Instagram, you know, during those first couple months, and you know, we, I started following a lot of interior designers and other artists who I thought were inspiring, and they all worked in abstract. And you know, I, I just really was thinking, like, when we moved to Chapel Hills, like, what do I want my house to look like? You know what? What do I want? How do I want to decorate it? What colors do I want to use? And I really felt the pull towards neutral walls and brightly colored art and throw pillows. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, I had a I had a throw throw pillow problem. You know, like buying problem before. Like I own a million of them. Um. So you know, I started with throw pillows, and then I was like, well, I need art to match these. So I just painted them. Painted the art bright colors, abstract, you know, and I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I it's like pastels, bright
0: colors. I kind of mixed it up in the beginning. That makes sense. So, yeah. okay. So you, you kind of found, found your groove, found your style, um, and then you had these paintings hanging in your house. So then were friends mm-hmm. sort of asking – you know more about them or about yeah. purchasing them, and then that's sort of what um, you know turn the light bulb on in your head, like we yes. talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. So I had
1: about I started my Instagram, I don't know, maybe spring 2021, um, mm-hmm. and it really just I had 10 followers you know, and they were all my friends and, you know, I would post my, my weekend, you know, me time project. And I actually would go to my parents' house. They also live in Chapel Hill. Um, And I would work in my mom's studio and it would be time that my husband would take the kids and I would just go and have some me time and I would experiment and, um, you know, create these paintings and then um, put them on my, my Instagram that had 10 followers. And, um, you know, it, it got to the point where, People actually started to find me. Like strangers would start following me, and um, and then it got to the point where it was like I don't know August and um, August twenty twenty one, and um, someone reached out and they're like, "I'd like to buy this," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So, you know, I met her at a coffee shop here and we're still actually good friends. You know, it's so funny. Um, And she, I think she saw something in my work and it sort of gave me confidence to kind of push it out there a little bit further.
0: Isn't that so nice? I love what you said there that she gave you confidence. And I think all of us in business need that one person to kind of believe in you or encourage you and say like, you know, you can do this or what you're doing is unique or special, or, um, you could be doing more of this.
1: Absolutely. And she did. And, um, you know, and if she listens to this, she knows who she is, but she's, you know, um, she really encouraged me in the beginning. And, um, I, I think that that one sale was the catalyst to Mm -hmm. me being like, okay, well, I need to get this Instagram account together and I need to make it look professional. And, um, if this is going to be a thing that funds my home projects, then, um, I'm going to make a go of it.
0: Yep. So then, um, Okay. So you had this stranger by a piece of art. Mm-hmm, yeah. So next then, you know, you said getting the Instagram together, what were some of the steps to kind of officially turning it into a business? Like what did it look like getting your Instagram together? And then at that point, are you starting to yeah. develop a website? Like talk to me mm-hmm. about some of those steps to officially making it a business.
1: Right. So, um, after, you know, from working in PR and marketing, I knew that I needed to present, um, you know, a unified front across Instagram, website. Um, I needed to look like I was, um, you know, it was a legit bu- business. I mean, because you, it's like you have, have to establish credibility or no one's going to buy from you. Um, so I had to, um, I had to work on editing photos of my paintings, you know, and that's when I um, started styling my paintings with um, like in my house you know like 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 on the wall in my house with a console table below with um, books underneath you know and then like a gold bamboo lamp and you know so it's like I wanted I, I had this desire to show people what um, art would look like in their homes and, um, and so I honed my skills as far as you know the Instagram photos and I I have uh, and it's so funny like I had so many posts before like I I realized I needed to be more professional looking and so all of those are deleted or archived but I'm it's like I wish I'd taken a screenshot now to see how far I've come because yeah. you know it's like it's like the early posts they were pretty bad so mm-hmm. I learned I learned a lot very quickly and I designed my website and I designed you know and you know how this is from working in PR it's like um, you know, choose the font that's going to be your logo. And I did my logo and, you know, keeping things consistent was a big deal for me.
0: That's perfect. No, it sounds like you sort of knew what you were doing based on your mm-hmm. background, which is so helpful, I think. And um, yes. cohesion is so important with the business. And also, like we mentioned, those professional images too. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times um, I tell new clients or, or just people in general, like it. It's really smart to invest in a professional photographer um, mm-hmm. to help you have great images um, because Absolutely. those images are what sell your product.
1: Absolutely, and if the images are not wonderful, how is someone going to know how great your product is?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like the concept of staging a home. You know, it's Absolutely. you're making it look pretty for that buyer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to stage your work, you know, whether you're selling jewelry or pottery or, you know, it's people want to know what it looks like in their, what it's going to look like in their home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to purchase something, you know, so personal and important for your home if you don't know how it's going to look.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) I'd love to talk to you about um, your collection releases versus commissions versus prints, um, mm-hmm. because I think, did you start with commissions and then kind of move to collection releases or talk to me about the difference between Perfect. them and sort of your, your thoughts on that.
1: So, yeah, I, um, I kind of started with the combo of commissions and, and releases, but I was, I started selling, um, you know, paintings one off on Instagram, like I would list it and then, you know, it would go and like, 30 minutes, you know, and I, I figured out I was shipping, you know, a painting to Florida all of a sudden. And so it was just more of a one-off thing. And I would do it randomly, like Monday mornings or Fridays or whatever. And um, so, and at the same time, I was doing commissions. And um, I really, to, to be honest, I struggled. I struggled with commissions because um, I, it just, it didn't make me happy as painting, um, my painting a painting intuitively with no plan. Um, I, I found, um, painting according to color schemes, sort of, um, I don't know, it was just, it was hard. <laughs> and so yeah. I, you know, I got to the point where I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if I could just paint um 10 paintings or 15 paintings and release them at one time and you know I wouldn't have to do commissions and I wouldn't have you know people would buy the painting based on what it looks like right then and there you know mm-hmm. and um and so and I feel I do my best work when I paint intuitively you know with no plan so um so it it really worked I released my first commission in January uh 2022 and um they all sold pretty much immediately And I was, you know, I was given the confidence, you know, talking about confidence again, I was given the confidence to continue with monthly collection releases and stop commissions.
0: Okay. So then, um, with your monthly releases, like, is that Mm -hmm. on the first of every month? Like how many pieces generally are you releasing? Like tell anyone Uh, listening who might be interested, um, in obtaining one of your pieces.
1: Yeah. So I aimed for monthly, um, the first, I guess it, It really until about summertime, I did monthly releases. I would just choose a date, you know, four or five weeks um, from the last one, so it gave me time to ship out all of the current pieces and then start painting for the next release. Um, And since I wasn't doing commissions, I had the time to do all of this. Um, And then I, I actually ended up with ten collections in 2022 because once it hit summertime, it was you know, it was like you know, my first summer as a full-time working mom, you know, and it's just like, it was turned out to be pretty hard, uh, to do, uh, 12 collections in a year, but, um, but I, um, I'm going to aim for nine or 10 this year, you know, I don't know, um, quite what it's going to look like, but, um, but I, I also felt like from a marketing perspective, it gave people, um, People didn't have to constantly monitor my page. They would just put the collection release on their calendar and then, um, you know, see the previews that I post on Instagram and stuff. So it was easier for my clients as well.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that's kind of goes back to marketing, I think, which I'd mm-hmm. love to Absolutely. hear sort of your your thoughts on marketing more. Um, like what, what's worked for you? What would you say has been the best form of marketing? Is it really, you know, releasing... Um, these collections and kind of giving your followers a heads up on it, or have mm-hmm. you done email newsletters? Like talk to me a little bit about what's worked for you.
1: Right. So, um, I started, I, I basically started out just, kind of teasing the collections on Instagram. And my first couple of collections, no one actually knew what the paintings looked like until I released it on my website, Mm -hmm. which was very interesting. They sold out within minutes, you know, and I, it's like, I couldn't believe that people would buy paintings that they had actually never seen before in minutes. Um, And so that's when I knew I had something very cool and very, very interesting going on. Um, And then I started to realize that, you know, If people are you know I would want to know I would want to have a painting in mind if I was going to you know log on to someone's website at a certain on a certain day at a specific time you know I would want to know which one I'm going for so I started to um, paint the painting stage it photograph it and then tease them on Instagram starting about two and a half weeks before the collection released Um, so people could bookmark they could ask questions they can ask about framing and you know so That actually worked really well too, and I recommend teasing collections and teasing, you know, the work you're going to release, so people can get an idea of what which one that they want.
0: That's smart. That way, they can kind of plan for their buy. See a lot of, um, even like. Dillard's. I've noticed with their influencer collections, they release like they tease it a lot, but then about a week or a few days before, they show sort of the line sheets with the pricing um, of each style. That way, you can plan for your buy, which I think is so smart.
1: Absolutely, yes. And you know, I, I just think it's um, a good way for to let people plan, and especially you know, as artists raise their prices on their pieces, you know, with time and and everything. So it's like you know, people can really just discuss, okay. Um, you know, this is a big purchase, and I, you know, just need time to plan, <laughs> so
0: yeah, um, <laughs> yeah,
1: so so it, it worked really well, and it works well. And I had 10 sold out collections, uh, in 2022, and um, you know, it was it was just really fun. I really enjoyed wow. it, I enjoy the marketing aspect of it, and email newsletters. I do, I, I send down a newsletter, uh, to my list, um, the day of. Okay. Just to remind people that they are going live that night at 9 p.m. And um, it's interesting. I also want to say that choosing the time in the day was sort of a weird thing for me. I started out with Sundays at 12. And then I got so many, you know, emails that they're like, well, I'm in church at that time or I'm coming home mm-hmm. from church. I, I just couldn't get on. Um, so then I was thinking, OK, well, I guess it's going to be need to be a weeknight. And then I didn't want to do like 7 p.m. because people are still getting kids to bed or they're still coming home from work and getting dinner. So I chose 9 p.m. And, okay. um, and it's been it, it's worked out well. So
0: that's smart, though, is you kind of listen to your customers and it takes a little bit of trial and error for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So I think that's a great a great lesson learned there, though.
1: Yes. Yeah, it, it was definitely a learning experience.
0: So um, what would you say has been your greatest challenge? Like, is it going back to that being a mom, especially in the summertime and, and juggling a full-time uh, business or what's been the hard part for you?
1: That has been very hard. So um, as you know, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, when you start your business, you work 24-7 and, you know, it's like you're, you might not be responding to clients, Um you know, in the middle of the night when you wake up, but you're writing down ideas and you're yeah. going over your website and you're, you know, you're creating another graphic and, you know, it's it's like, um, I my husband did a lot of heavy lifting and, um, when I was painting, and the kids, you know, the kids were home from school and so that was it was hard. I'm going through one summer, you know, with getting babysitters, and putting them in camps and you know, it just it was it was an adjustment. And I think the first year of any business is super hard. And I definitely learned from, you know, things that I did well and didn't do well. So Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. It's always hard as an entrepreneur to like, just turn your brain off. I mean, I find myself um, at dinner and like jotting something down in my phone because I have an idea.
1: Yes, Yes, totally. I mean, it's like, in a way you're always working and, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a good thing because if you love your work, then you know, you don't feel like you're working.
0: Yeah, exactly. So on the flip side to that, then uh, what's been like a pinch me moment or something you're really proud of so far that you've done with your business?
1: Yeah. Um, well, other than actually launching 10 collections in the first year, which, yeah. you know, if you told me in the beginning, like that's what I would do, um, I would be like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Um, so I, I also think that you know, when um, the performance wear brand called me last summer and, you know, they said that putting my designs on clothing, um, you know, would be a wonderful collaboration project that they would love to, to see. And, um, and it was something that I had always had in my mind, you know, like licensing my designs and I would love to see them on clothing because, you know, I grew up with Lily Pulitzer being, you know, an icon <laughs> and you know, just just seeing all these colorful designs on my clothing. And I, I have, you know, I have a ton of Lily, you know, going back all the way back to like nineteen ninety eight. And um, you know, it's just like I I was like, Yeah, it was a light bulb moment and it was like a pinch me moment actually mm-hmm. knowing that a company wanted um to license my art for a clothing line.
0: It was yeah. I mean, and first of all, selling out of your collections, that's huge, just starting out. But I would love to hear more about this athletic line. Like, so they reached out to you. um, Like, what was that process like? Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. So she – so Elisa uh, Durando, she is the owner of 70 Degrees and – she, she has a very cool history in fashion as well, but, um, she reached out in the summer, um, just via Instagram. She found me on Instagram and she said that she thought my art, um, would flow really well on, um, on clothing. And it would, it just like the way that my prints would work, you know, it's just, she, she just could see it. And, um, and, So, you know, we just started talking and I was like, well, which color, you know, which, which colors do you think, you know? And so we had a lot of phone calls back and forth and um, we got to know each other. And she's, she's amazing. Um, She started her design career in, um, at Calvin Klein, and then she moved to Abercrombie in the mid nineties. And then she went to Land's End. So she's really, you know, she's, she's, she knows the fashion world, like the back of her hand. And um, one little Cool thing is that she was behind many of the cool changes at Abercrombie in the '90s. Uh, oh. She's suggesting putting she suggested putting the moose logo on the polo shirts, and then oh she had them, she had them redo all of their aesthetic in the stores. So, like in the mid '90s, they switched from like plaid carpet to like a much more cooler, um, younger look. And um, so she's it's been really fun to get to know her.
0: That's so cool, and I watched the Abercrombie documentary um, like a month or two ago, so I I found it all very interesting, and um, that that sounds awesome. So this athletic line, then, when is it launching for people looking forward to it?
1: Sure. So the skirts are going to launch around April 1st, and um, the rest of the collection will be following later in the spring, um, sort of like a soft launch of the skirts, and um, I – I don't work in retail, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't know the details of that, but, um, I'm so excited that, um, you know, there'll be, that that'll be early April. And then, um, you know, something about these clothes is that they're, this brand is known for really soft, high quality cooling fabrics. Mm-hmm. And that's something important to me as a tennis player, and especially living in the South, you know, it's like, if, if there's not, you know, airflow and if it's not soft and comfortable, then I'm not going to wear it, you know, cause yep. I feel like I'm a professional athleisure wearer and you know, it's like this, these fabrics are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and the skirts are very cool. They have shorts underneath and pockets and there's two styles for different body types. Um, one is a line and one is full pleat and, um, and the lengths vary as well. So, um, you know, if people want a, a longer fit, you know, instead of like, you know, shorter, they can size up and it's still going to fit because it's stretching and, um, it's just really versatile. Like I see myself wearing, wearing it from playing tennis or walking to the grocery store. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just like really great ath- athleisure.
0: <laughs> and I also, can't wait.
1: Yeah. And it's also like, just, I mean, you know, playing tennis and stuff, it's, I'm not going to be, um, uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and um, I saw a sneak peek on um, your Instagram, so people yes. can go and check that out. But it's colorful. It's so cute. I can definitely see myself wearing them too. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you. And they can be paired with solid shirts that, you know, you already have. Also, she she sells a lot of solid shirts. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to be, you know, pairing them with my tank tops that I already own. So mm-hmm.
0: so do you have any other collabs in the works? Or what would like maybe a dream one be? Like, is there uh, anything else you dream of?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I also uh, licensed my work to a um, a planner, a day planner company called Um, the plan by Lauren Truslow. And um, so my art was on the cover of one of the 2023 planners. She works with multiple artists each year. And so she has different covers and all the artists do a different cover. Um, And that was that was my introduction to licensing my art. And um, and it's sort of it's it's just so much fun because I don't really have the, the desire to produce Um, these things myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I really would love more collaborations because um, licensing my work, you know, it still gives me the time to, you know, paint and focus on my original art. But then, you know, I can sell a design to a company and they can use it on, you know, some kind of limited edition thing. I mean, I could see, I really would love to see my work on um, bags you know, handbags, more textiles, you know, maybe home products, um, pillows. I don't know. I mean, just like, I feel like, you know, there's so much out there, but I really would love to see my, on a handbag, you know, the art on the handbag, because it's like, you know, a tote bag of some sort, um, or, you know, um, a clutch, or, you know, it's, it's, I think it would look great. So that's just sort of a thing that I'm putting
0: to it out there for any handbag yeah. designers listening
1: yeah. <laughs> I know right <laughs> it's like we can work together and I'm fun to work with
0: yeah <laughs> um I think a bag with one of your uh art designs would be beautiful
1: thank you thank you it depends and it also so, you know depends on the color scheme too I love yeah. navy you know too and and I have a lot of navy designs so
0: very cool so who would be a dream customer then for you too? like any royal or celeb or influencer that you'd love to have some of your artwork um gosh
1: I you know anyone out there I mean like you know Reese Witherspoon or someone along her line someone who's not afraid of of the color pink um, mm-hmm. It's very important because uh, I use pink in almost every painting that I I paint. Um, love that, you know. And I love I love her draper, draper James, um, you know, all of the colors that she uses in her clothing line. Um, so she would probably be, you know, a dream client. Um, you know, just really anyone who's not afraid of um, putting a lot of color, you know, in in one space on their walls. So.
0: She's a great answer. Everyone that I ask that always says really? her. Oh my uh, gosh. Yes. It's so it's awesome. funny. I would say 98% of people that I interview say her. Are
1: you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> she's funny. she just seems really relatable too, you
0: know. Exactly. Yeah. Um she kind of represents the modern preppy girl, I feel like, today. So
1: I do. yeah, I do too. That's, so, a, that's
0: a very good answer. Yeah. Speaking of that then, what does preppy mean to you? Like how would you describe it these days?
1: Um, I well, it's in a short answer, I'd, I'd say navy blue. I mean, like when you say preppy, I work in color, you know, every day of my life, I mix my own navy blues. Um, navy blue means preppy to me. Um, also, it means honoring historic classic styles um, from the past, and I think basically like fitting them into our modern lives today, um, you know. I guess clothing wise, if you take a classic pleated tennis skirt, you know, that women have been wearing for 50, 60 years, um, you know, making it a preppy style today would be putting it into a cooling fabric and putting shorts underneath. And um, same with my artwork. I um, actually look to a lot of designer fabrics and wallpaper for inspiration. And a lot of these fabrics were designed like 60, 70 years ago. And um, the color schemes are Are very inspirational. And um, I use, you know, color schemes established many years ago to pull into modern times. And, you know, it's like, I feel like all of our preppy brands these days and, you know, clothing brands and home brands, it's, they're working based on um, classic historic styles from the past. Mm -hmm.
0: No, that makes sense. I love the answer navy blue. I think that it's classic and you can pair it it with all sorts of colors.
1: Absolutely. I love it. It's my favorite.
0: Um, so what advice would you give someone wanting to start their own business or branch out on their own? Like looking back at you, you know, two years ago, what advice could you have used?
1: Um, I would say, well, number one, you have to have confidence in your product. Um, you have to like believe that there's someone out there who wants to buy it and um, and it will make their, their – you know, walls prettier. And, um, and then also, I think you have, you really need to make friends in your industry. Um, You know, I, I feel like I'm friends with many, many artists who also market their work on Instagram. And, you know, we all share ideas, about things that are troubling us, like early on, I remember reaching out to a couple women and asking, "How do you do your shipping? You know, like what do you do? What boxes do you use, and who do you use?" Um, and they were so nice to tell me, you know. And and then I've been on the other end too, where I've been able to give advice about things that you know I figured out. And so it's very important to. Have, have colleagues, you know, because I yep. work on an island, I work in a home studio, and I don't have co-workers, um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, it's like people listening to this also understand that aspect, you know, and I just feel like you need to make friends and yep. uh, share ideas. Yeah.
0: That's a, a great yeah. answer. I think don't be afraid yeah. to, to reach out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And people are super nice, you know, I yeah. mean, it's like I, I I love giving advice myself. You know, and I think that there are so many people out there um, who just don't know how to get started. And, and I think that it's, it's important to reach out to people and talk about, you know, the good things and the bad things, things you're struggling with. So
0: <laughs> Definitely. Now, um, who are three favorite like people or brands or businesses that you follow on Instagram or maybe just, you know, that you love to shop or support that people can check out?
1: Right. Um, well, I have been eyeing the dresses by Oliphant Design recently. Um, they just came out with you know some resort dresses, and I I, I just love the colors. I love the fabrics that they use. Um, I'm definitely gonna um, be looking at more of those clothes for the spring and summer. Um, I like Tucker I mean, yeah. it's they. I just love the colors. I I love the in-house Tucker Nuck line. I love the brands that they carry. Um, and I also, this is just, you know, a brand that goes back into my teenage years is, is Kate Spade. Um, I, I think I, I really have always connected to the colors that Kate Spade has used in her, um, in her branding, um, you know, and the brand, the brand now. Um, and so, you know, it's like, we're talking Navy blue, um, that kind of olivey bright green and um, pink, you know, and it's, it's, that's actually her, you know, the brand's colors have been pretty inspirational to me throughout my life. And just the simplicity of the brand's designs and um, the jewelry. I love the jewelry for like costume jewelry and, you know, um, and of course, you know, back in uh, 1996, you know, me, like I had the little tiny black backpack The nylon
0: one. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: It was the best mini backpack and (laughs) every girl in high school had one. And, um, it's just sort of like a brand that I've always loved. So, yeah,
0: that's, yeah, those are all great brands, um, for sure. And all with a little preppy aesthetic. Absolutely. Yes. So anything else on the horizon for you that people should look out for? Like maybe, um, when your next uh, releases are or um, any fun things you're working on.
1: Yeah. So um, I actually just launched full-size prints and Mm -hmm. they're, they're fine art prints, meaning that um, the, they're, they're basically the best that you can have done of artwork. Um, I had them professionally photographed by a photographer here in um, Chapel Hill. And he, he, he just did an amazing job with them like they're they're very lifelike in the fact that even though it's a smooth surface you can still see um, you know little brush strokes and the canvas <laughs> and you know it's like it was they're really well done and i launched them last week i launched a very small kind of test run of okay. four four sets and they sold out literally within minutes like they were huh? all, sold, all sold out like at 905 you know oh my goodness. so yeah it's just it was it was Um, great because when I chose I've had all of basically all of my paintings photographed um, and it was hard to choose from a year's worth of paintings to decide you know which prints to offer and it was really nice because I chose well Um, and now I'm doing a print pre-order and because I had a lot of emails from people who did not get um, a chance to purchase So I'm opening a pre-order on February 26th, and then um, I'm also getting into wholesale prints. I've had quite a few uh, retail um, stores contact me from all over the country who um, want to buy them wholesale.
0: So that's like a whole new thing (laughs) that I'm learning about right now. That's so exciting. Those are, I can't wait to, um, you know, see how you expand with your prints and uh, your next collections and the clothing for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I'm releasing more, um, an original collection in March because I think this, I think February, um, I'm going to, all of my time will be taken up by prints. Like I have, I have a lot of prints to ship still. And, um, you know, it's, I'm going to aim for March and I already have some paintings done for that collection. And I think, people really respond well to them
0: yeah i can't wait to see those so my final question is where can people find you let them know your instagram handle and your website url that way they can go and look at all your beautiful paintings and shop them as well
1: sure um so i am on instagram at and it's megan m-e-g-h-a-n dot rosenthal dot art and um And I post mostly to Instagram. I post daily posts and stories. And that's where you're going to find announcements about my releases and previews. Uh, That's where my painting previews are. Um, I don't actually put them on my website until I release the collection. Um, And so, but my website is meganrosenthalart.com. And again, that's M-E-G-H-A-N. And, you know, I basically, that's where people shop. You know, it's um, people shop there for my work. And, um, and you can contact me and sign up for my newsletter and just, you know, learn more about what's going on in my business with my collaborations. So.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This has been so fun to learn more about you and your business and your beautiful art. Thank you so much. I really, thank you for having me on. And it was really great to speak, speak with you today. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.